Welcome to the spirit world. Answering your questions on angels, demons, and how the spiritual and physical worlds interact. And now your hosts, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. Well, hello there, and welcome to The Spirit World. I am Debbie Giorgiani with religious demonologist Adam Bly. We are the co-hosts of The Spirit World, your show. We are live, uh, live call-in show today, and we're super excited because we're debuting on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. So thank you to all the affiliates that are carrying this show today live. We're, and we're, we expect the calls, Adam, but Adam, you know, we start every single broadcast with the St. Michael prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay, Adam, since uh, we are, this is the first time live on the EWTN Catholic Radio Network. Um, we're super excited about that. Let's kind of rewind a little bit so we can, um, our brand new listeners to the spirit world, we, we actually have a, a lot of um, listeners for the past year because we have been um, airing the show and we're and we're just so happy and thrilled that you guys got a lot out of it the spirit world followers but now it has expanded for more souls and EWTN radio is carrying it um and we're we're just so grateful uh, to them for doing it so let's back up a little bit Adam and I I shared at the beginning of the show that we always start with the Saint Michael prayer so I so our listeners can understand that you are a religious demonologist you're a paratus in uh, your exorcism ministry. Tell us a little bit about that real quickly so our listeners can understand who you are. Sure. So the first critical thing, I'm not a priest. I'm a lay person. I've been involved, you know, uh, Jesus has drawn me into this interesting ministry um, in training priests in exorcism for about 17 years now. And so by church decree, by the decree of my bishop, uh, I'm a paratus of religious demonology and exorcism. And that's just a, a Latin word that means expert. And so the church sometimes gives people an official title, a recognition of an expertise when you're uh, operating in an area that is kind of critical and normally reserved. So for instance, if you were teaching at a seminary um, or if you were um, teaching you know, priests in an area that isn't normally done by, by somebody in your status as a lay person. So I was drawn into this world um, basically in a time when there was very few exorcists in the United States and met a number of the key people and got to go to Rome and learn from Father Amorth and some of the other older exorcists that had a lot of experience under their belt. And it's just kind of snowballed from there, Deb, you know, mm -hmm. um, training in, in seminaries, uh, individual priests that we coach and train, training at national conferences, and now increasingly internationally. So it's given me a beautiful opportunity to see a lot of the ways the supernatural and the preternatural work and, and the supernatural nature of the church. Mm -hmm. 
And we are very grateful to Jerry Usher, who is um, my co-host on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, heard on EWTN Radio for almost eight years, Adam, because he introduced us and we became fast friends um, because you are in religious demonology and I... I'm in um, religious education. I have a graduate degree in theology, and, and plus I've studied angels for over 13 years. So naturally, we, we had a lot of conversations uh, behind the scenes, um, off, off air, about what is going on in the spirit world. And we really believed, um, if I may say, say this, if I can speak for you, Adam, that we, we just felt that there needed to be a, a more solid catechesis, a more sound catechesis in this area. So, so that people can feel empowered, they can feel confident in, in approaching their, their faith life, their spiritual life. And so that's what the spirit world's all about. So first, I need to say like a ton of thank yous um, to the Station of the Cross and Guadalupe Radio Network. Uh, they came together and worked so hard for many weeks. I, I, I won't even begin saying all the names of everybody um, on the production teams and engineering and, and management and everyone coming together so that more souls can be reached with this work that we're doing on the spirit world. And EWTN Radio uh, picked up the show. We're so grateful for that. And we're hearing from the affiliates that they are so glad that to add this live call-in show to their Saturday lineup. So Guadalupe Radio, um, Guadalupe Radio Network is producing the show. And so now, now I want to thank our production team here. Our producer, uh, Taylor Van Est, he is doing a fine job. Way to go, Taylor. We're just so grateful that you're our producer. Uh, today's supervising is Tim Mott. And I have to just tell you, Tim has been working for weeks trying to make sure everything is just seamless, um, transferring over to EWTN. Uh, David Magianis is our call screener today, and that is correct. We are live today. So please uh, call in, and here is the number, 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Nine four two four, and even if you just want to call in and say, "Hey, congratulations! We're so happy for you." You know that's great. David uh, will be happy. Will happily answer your call. If you'd rather uh, email us, um, and or your question or your comment, here's where you would send it to. It's TSW. That stands for the Spirit World at GRN. That's Guadalupe Radio Network. GRNonline.com. Okay, and the reason why I share that is because. Adam and I, we are, we just feel so, you know, passionate about doing a mailbag show at least once a month because it's, it's going to be hard to address everybody's comments and questions on these, on these topics because we, we kind of go in depth and we, we cover them from all different angles. And so if you email us, that would be better and we can do the mailbag show. So Adam, I think, I think we did all the, the housekeeping. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Adam. I've got one more thing I want to share. Adam Bly is an incredible writer, and he has written um, many books, actually. And his latest book, The Exorcism Files, True Stories of Demonic Possession by Adam Bly. Uh, Sophia Institute Press uh, published the book. And Adam, congratulations, because when it first came out, um, it was number one on Amazon for Catholic um, books. Way to go. What made you write the book? Well, Deb, that book was um, a set of cautionary tales to show people how people get in trouble 
in in uh, you know the demonic kind of extraordinary activity that we've talked about on the show, uh, oppression and possession. And, and instead of just saying, don't do these things, uh, it's often helpful to show people examples of when people got in trouble. So that's what it's designed to do. It's not gory or, or overly scary. It's very kind of matter of fact, but hopefully it's educational. Mm-hmm. Great book. I have it. I suggest everybody gets it. And uh, your other books as well. Um, but back to one more thing. I just want to make sure our listeners know um, how they can stay in touch with us. You can also go on Facebook at the Spirit World Podcast. You can grow the family there. Um, you can call us today. We are live and we're answering calls. Well, actually, David's answering calls and he can't wait to say hello to you. 877-757-9424. Today's topic is sacramentals and uh, sacramentals versus superstitions. Now, this is how it works with the spirit world. We have been um, airing this show for almost a year. Um, It started last May, and you can catch up. (laughs) You can catch up because this is kind of like an ongoing, you know, catechism class. Okay, so you can catch up with the podcast. And it's, it's really the easiest way to do that is if you hear a topic that we're covering like today and you, you think, wait a minute, maybe they covered this a couple months ago. You just go to the podcast and the easiest way to do that is grnonline.com slash spirit world. Okay, so that would be it. I think I got that right. Let me just double check with Tim because Tim controls everything. And I just want to make sure I think you might have to go to podcast, but grnonline.com slash spirit world and tim will give me confirmation if that's correct or but that's how you find the podcast adam we're going to dive right into sacramentals versus superstitions i just want to let you know that phone lines are almost completely full so um why don't you start and i'll i will um kind of be a backup for david just to make sure we get the calls on okay deb so we've talked a little bit about these topics before but Right now, we're seeing a real wave of, of, I think, kind of a misunderstanding and a lot of interest in sacramentals in the Catholic and Christian communities. So I thought it might be good to go over them. So I know we have people waiting, but let me cover some of the basics here. So sacramentals are different than sacraments. Sacraments are things like mass, baptism, confession. Sacramentals are basically anything else in the church that, that is done that brings sanctifying grace and blessing into our lives. And so this includes things like holy water, when we say prayers, when we say a rosary, when when uh, the head of the household blesses the home, uh, even uh, the veneration of relics is considered a sacramental action, the stations of the cross, and uh, what is most commonly misunderstood is when we have medals. You know, we might wear a medal of St. Benedict, which is incredibly popular because it's understood to protect against evil spirits. Okay, so that's what they are. And the, the goal of them is to bring holiness into these objects and into our state of life. So whatever life that we're living, that's given by God. So maybe it's the married life, maybe it's a single life, maybe the religious life or the priesthood. Now, the effect of them is the big misunderstanding, Deb. And that is a lot of people think of sacramentals like their St. Benedict medal or other things that the object itself is going to protect them, that the crucifix they hang in their house, the object is going to protect them. And that's where the power comes from. And that's a real deep misunderstanding. So first off, we would go to 
and we're going to talk from the Catechism here, so if people want to look this up later, Catechism 1667 through 1674, beautiful summary of 2,000 years of the Church's reflection on all these, all you know, all of theology. The effect comes from your baptismal priesthood. So you're baptized, and there's a certain form of priesthood that comes with baptism. It's not the full uh, priesthood that we see, you know, with the priests saying mass and the bishops, but there's a limited priesthood there. So that's first off, in order to tap into the graces of the church, you need to be baptized into the church. So if one were to pick up a sacramental, we wouldn't expect an effect if you're not baptized. Now, that being said, there's a footnote there, of course, Jesus is loving, God understands things. If we're using something in faith and and yearning for God and looking towards Jesus for assistance, I would think there is some grace there. But in terms of the strict theology of it, we would say that the grace wouldn't be moving there. Okay. Now, the other thing about it about it is, in terms of efficacy, Deb, and you and I have talked about this a number of times, the effect is in proportion to the faith which which it is used, meaning if I'm not well disposed, if I don't have faith, if I'm not trusting God, if I'm not acting in love and charity, using a sacramental is not going to have an effect. Okay, so it's not an automatic thing in the item itself. It's the way and the faith with which I use it. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Thank you for that. We do have the calls being screened right now. If you'd like to join us, you hear that music. We're going to hit the pause button when we come back more about sacramentals versus superstitions. Please call us 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Have you heard about life coaching? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Coaching is one of the things Jesus did with his disciples. Whenever they were stuck, overwhelmed, or even struggling a bit, Jesus asked questions that brought clarity and hope. He then used ongoing conversations that helped them to navigate the path and completely change their lives. Just like the disciples, we too can find ourselves feeling stuck, overwhelmed, and struggling a bit. Maybe you need help in your marriage or with a parenting issue. You're navigating a loss, you want to improve your health, or advance your career. At StandTallToday.com, our experienced coaches will help you to take another look at life, renew your hope, get past those challenges, and step into living abundantly. You can find out more about coaching and schedule a free introductory call by visiting us at StandTallToday.com. Listen, life is too short to stay stuck. Contact us at StandTallToday.com. Many atheists assert the only real form of knowledge is scientific knowledge, thus excluding any sort of religious knowledge, whether philosophical or theological. Such a belief is called scientism, and it's unreasonable for two reasons. First, it's self-refuting. Its truth cannot be verified by the scientific method. It's a metaphysical proposition, and as such, is not scientific knowledge. But if science can't verify the truth of scientism, well then, scientism itself cannot be a legitimate form of knowledge. 
much, in which case it's self-refuting. Moreover, scientism undermines science as a rational form of inquiry because it denies presupposed philosophical assumptions that are necessary to even do science, such as there's an external world outside the minds of scientists. So to reject God's existence on the grounds that it's not scientific knowledge is simply unreasonable. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Okay, we are back and there is one open phone line. Oops, nope, I just dropped. Okay, there's still one open phone line at 877-757-9424. And uh, Tim, uh, our supervisor today, just uh, uh, confirmed that, yes, if you want to... Um, listen to the prior podcasts and because we're building on each topic. Okay. So we go deeper and deeper each time we tackle these subjects. Okay. You go to grnonline.com slash spirit world and the podcasts will be there um, as well. So that could get you all caught up. Also uh, join us on Facebook at the spirit world podcast. And uh, like you heard, you can, you can send us a question or comment in, via email, tsw at grnonline.com. Uh, but call us, because we'd love to say hello to you. This is our debut show on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network, where we are just oh, so grateful. Our hearts are bursting, because we are, we're just excited that more souls are go going to hear this important information that uh, we get to share each and every Saturday. So sacramentals versus superstitions. Um, Adam, we have folks ready to come on air with us. Uh, would you like to dive a, a little bit more into this and just kind of set the stage and then we'll go right to the calls? I think we can take a caller because I think one of those calls is going to dovetail in with the next segment I wanted to cover. So go ahead, Deb, with a caller. Okay, sounds great. So Dawn is up first and Dawn is in Chicago. Thank you so much, Dawn, for listening to The Spirit World. You're our very first caller, Dawn for the EWTN radio. So thank you. Wow, thank you. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, so I, I do, my question is, is I met this girl um, just a, a week ago, and um, I met her at church. She was at Ador Adoration Chapel. And, you know, she really believes that, um, like her, that she has given her soul to some demons. And she believes that, um, you know, that she's going to not be with us for very much longer. You know, as far as eating and drinking, she feels that that's evil. Um, and so she's very disturbed, but she's very sweet. She has this very sweet side. Um, I do uh, know a little background. I think there's, um, there's trauma uh, that she has shared. Um, so where I have been is, you know, I'm just, you know, I don't know what to do. So what I'll tell you what I did do. And then my question. So I did give her some holy salt because I, I was at a, a Catholic store and they gave this to me and they said, if you mix it with water and you, you know, spray it in your doorways and windows, uh, that it helps, you know, with, with demons. 
So um, I had an experience with my husband and, and a nightmare, and I used it. And so I gave her this bottle to use. So I guess I'm looking for, like, what, you know, what advice can I give that, that would be number one that's, like, tangible um, because she's very scared. She lives, you know, fearfully. She lives with her parents, um, you know, and she, again, is 30 years old. Now, the second piece to this is, is you know, I also feel like I just, I just talk to her about my faith. I, I just feel like, you know, her when I what I hear when she talks about God, it's not what I know about God. So I do try to just share my faith with her. Um, and so, you know, I'm thinking, I know she's been baptized. I don't know if she's been confirmed. But even if she's been confirmed, my thoughts were, you know, could she go through like an RCIA-type program and could I be a sponsor? Um, you know, or if it's that we can't do that, or can I just, you know, go through the motions and, you know, just, um, I don't know. I guess I'm just trying to look for answers to, because I'm thinking, you know, I, I do see she's got a problem, you know, so I do, you know, it could be anorexia, and, then, and I know there's, she does see a psychiatrist. I do know she's on medicines, but I'm worried about the soul, and, you know, and if she isn't around for that much longer, um, you know, I do, you know, believe in the afterlife. And so, you know, what could I give her now that, you know, she could work on for the, her own personal soul in the afterlife? You know, but that's not presented to her in this scary way, if that makes any sense at all. Um, I just want to be here and just and just guide her and just be and just talk to her about what I know about Jesus. So I'm looking for, like, tangible things, like, to help. And what okay. your thoughts are on that. So she's very much thinking that demons are controlling her. Okay, Don. So, yeah, great first question. Um, this touches on a critical point, and, and I see this all the time. And I'm not picking on you, Don, but it's kind of an example mm -hmm. of it that, that she's doing, and that is to jump to the spiritual hypothesis yeah. before ruling out the medical and the psychological. And, and the church figured out right. centuries ago that you must get these things looked at and, and ruled out medically and psychiatrically first. And the church doesn't even approach appro approving an exorcism for somebody until those things are ruled out because um, great harm can be done. So when the person jumps to the spiritual hypothesis without ruling out the other things, they leave things untreated. So in this case, as you're describing her not eating or drinking or at least thinking that those are evil, and that could be her kind of conflating her anorexia with her spiritual views and trying to make sense of it and weave it together, regardless, what you're describing there, Dawn, is, is a real threat to life. And so that person needs to be stabilized psychiatrically first, and that hypothesis needs to be fully explored and treated. And so they're essentially kind of in a crisis situation. I don't know how thin they are, but you're saying they're not eating or drinking. So the best thing you can do is encourage them to connect with their doctor and update what's going on with their doctor and their family. And then once they're stabilized medically, these things can be looked at again. Um, for you, Dawn, for your piece of it, I wouldn't – it sounds like you're taking on a tremendous burden. You're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to kind of be the person to solve this or at least give her the lion's share of the assistance. And I think something like this spiritually, she's going to, like you said, 
and that was a good thought, our CIA, once she's stabilized medically, she really sounds like she needs to start with a basic catechesis and a formation, and that means connect her with her parish priest and the RCIA program in their parish, and don't think that you have to take this on yourself. You can be a support, and you can be part of that, but don't put it all on yourself because you're not equipped to provide everything that she needs. So, um, yeah, basically, she needs to... Um, as and I know, you know, we can't do this for her, but she needs to address the medical and psychiatric first. Um, she needs to update the psychiatrist on what's going on. Now, just as a, as a footnote to that, if she were possessed, it's unlikely that she would be sitting in an adoration chapel. So usually that's, mm-hmm. that's, kind of, that's kind of evidence that she's not possessed. Very likely. There are rare, rare cases where somebody receives the grace to receive communion or be in adoration. But those are extremely rare amongst possessed people. They generally will flee mass and certainly flee when the consecration is about to happen, and they don't want to be near tabernacles. So if she's sitting quietly in an adoration chapel, I would be leaning towards that this is a psychiatric situation. What do you think, Dawn? That is great. It was great. Thank you very much. Um, I feel like it really kind of gave me, you know, a good kind of directional uh, way to look at this. So I I appreciate that. Um, Thank you. Yep. Sure, Dawn. God bless you. Thank you, Dawn. Thank you so much for being our first caller. Um, and, and you know what, Adam, I just wanted to say something about that, about the brain health issues. Let's talk about that for a moment because, um, you talked, uh, several shows during the past year about that you have to rule out all the brain health issues first, right? And get, and get really good medical, um, people around you, right? To help you with that before you start jumping to, um, the demonic, just state that again for our listeners. Cause I think that's really important. Cause I, I, I think in this day and age where Satan is just in plain view, everybody is kind of is, is thinking to themselves, well, that person or that my child or my husband or my spouse is acting strange. They must be possessed. So speak a little bit about that before we go to the next caller. Yeah. So this is a common misunderstanding, as we said, and you want to be, yeah, I hear this all the time. You want to be careful about starting to attribute things to the demonic just because somebody's not behaving the way you would like them to behave or maybe they're doing some things that you you don't understand we need to remember that demonic influence on this extraordinary level and we've talked about extraordinary versus ordinary ordinary is temptation when you're talking about possession and oppression that's extraordinary and that means it's rare Okay, this is not something that's happening all the time. It's not frequent. You know, in a major in a major city, you might have four or five cases of possession that come up in an entire year. Sometimes there might be less. So this is a very rare thing, and we don't want to jump to that conclusion too quickly. Um, and and as we just said, it's it's a common thinking error in people that we can leave things untreated that are serious. So for instance, I've seen people having their first schizophrenic break and they're hearing the voices from the schizophrenia and they attribute them to demons and they refuse to take their medication. And that can lead to a real uh, bad situation where somebody gets hurt, either them or somebody else in some cases, depending on the case of schizophrenia. There are, I've seen cases of brain tumors where the person attributed their strange experience to the demonic and it actually was a brain tumor that needed to be treated. So it's just so important, Deb, that we first rule out the common possibility and that is that it's medical right right 
Absolutely. Okay, so uh, Don, thank you again from Chicago. Mario and Kim and Jonathan and the others, we will get to you, but uh, I'll tell you what, uh, Taylor, our uh, producer, is right on top of things, and we, when we take our breaks, we're taking our breaks, and so you're going to hear the music in just a little bit when we come back. More of your calls and more about uh, sacramentals versus superstitions. Before we go to the break, Adam, just uh, let's transition a little bit to superstitions. You know, I went... For in research, in preparation for this show, I went online and boy, oh boy, there's a lot of superstitious, uh, you know, ideas about different things about good luck and fortune and when to do when to when to wake up in the morning, when to go to sleep, when to open the windows and the doors of your house. I mean, a lot of people get caught up in that. So let's make sure we address a little bit about that, especially on this April Fool's Day. What do you think about that? Yeah, superstition is kind of, you know, the sacramental misuse is an example of it. Superstition, basically, Deb, it's a violation of the first commandment. We need to see it in its proper context. It isn't just, oh, maybe we shouldn't be doing those things. We need to see it in terms of mortal sin. Now, I'm not saying you're going to be automatically damned for reading your horoscope, but we need to understand that divining the future and these other things, they are first commandment violations. Absolutely. So we'll be talking more about that. But um, on the other side of the break, when we come back, Mario will be up first from Florida. So stay with us on The Spirit World. Are you feeling lost in a sea of overwhelm? Hi, this is Coach Felicity with Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. Many people find themselves challenged with overwhelm. Too many things to take care of, too many people to please, too much work to do. And in spite of their best efforts, they continue to fall behind with this overwhelm coming in like a flood. But that's not the abundant life that Jesus wants you to live. That's why Stand Tall Today has experienced professional coaches that will assist you in dialing down that overwhelm. They'll help you get a grasp on where you are and to create a plan that enables you to take bite-sized steps of action so you can live an abundant life. Why not take your first step right now? Go to StandTallToday.com and find a coach that is just right for you. Because life is simply too short to stay lost in a sea of overwhelm. This is Coach Felicity with your Stand Tall Today Coaching Minute. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. 
The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. This show moves so quickly. And so we have uh, one open phone line. If you'd like to jump on that last open phone line, you can get in on this first show on EWTN Radio. So that's kind of exciting. You can always tell all your friends at the next holiday party. 877-757-9424. I just wanted to say, Adam, that we have a lot of professionals uh, behind the scenes making this first broadcast special. So Adrian is at the controls. We've got Taylor, our producer. We've got David answering calls. We've got Tim supervising everything from Guadalupe Radio Network. You guys are awesome. Thank you so much. You really make us uh, sound great, and we appreciate that uh, you're doing uh, the fine work behind the scenes. Um, But we do have Mario coming up next. Uh, We want to go into a little bit deeper about sacramentals versus superstitions. That's what we're we're tackling today. Um, But here's the thing, folks, just so you know this. If if we only kind of scratch the surface on some of these topics, we will revisit them. That's the plan. As as a matter of fact, Adam and I are coming together this summer, and we're going to put together a book and a manual that that has a lot of this in there, so that you can feel equipped uh, to move ahead and answer some of these things on your own, but just by reading um, what we what we put forth. So I think that is a, a wonderful um, going to be an added bonus to the spirit world. Um, but just know that we will revisit this. You can always email us to stay connected or you can catch up on the previous podcast if you, if you missed anything. So let me just go back to Mario, if I can, from the great state of Florida, who's been waiting so patiently. And Mario, welcome to the spirit world. Hello, Mario. Yes. Um, how are how are you? I, I'm doing very well. Thank you. I am enjoying this program also. I have uh, a lot of martial arts training from uh, literally masters in the Far East, and I've had uh, very advanced uh, jungle warfare training, everything the Marine Corps could offer, and then some. And I've had experience in jungle warfare. And I was down in uh, on the Mexican border, and I was out in the middle of nowhere. And there was a couple of big dogs. One was a Rottweiler, one was something else. And these are kind of like like semi-wild abused animals. And then there was this little, well, there was a, there was another dog and they were, they were beginning to tear this dog apart. And I went over there. Okay. And I started uh, yelling and trying to frighten the dogs off. And I wasn't making any headway. And I was in some, some, some danger, not a lot of danger, but I was in some danger and I was just a few feet from them. And then the, uh, I mean, I understand danger to a great degree. The uh, someone, some being, spoke to me, and the one dog was screaming. The other dogs were growling. Okay, this was, and I was yelling at the top of my lungs, and someone spoke very quietly into my ear, and said, "Go deeper into your lungs." And I did that, and all of a sudden, I had so much power and so much volume. And I let out a a yell that sounded like something from a wild animal, large wild animal. And those two dogs ran away. Uh, 
And then I basically help the dog. And I'm not, no, there's not a human being around. It's at night. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It's just, it's like a jungle. And uh, someone, and this has never happened before. Someone spoke to me. Some being spoke to me in a very calm voice in the middle of all of this noise and savagery. And uh, so I know it's crazy. It's it's something, it's something, it's something, someone is out there. Okay, Mario. So, of course, we can't, you know, definitively diagnose things just by having a chat on the radio, but but there's a few possibilities. So let me ask you, um, have you ever had experiences like this before? No. Okay. And how old are you? I'm 74. Okay. This was about 25 years ago. Okay. And it and it didn't happen since. No. Okay. Are you baptized? Yes. <laughs> okay, but some issues with religion there. Sounds like. Not... Oh, do I have do I have, do I have issues with religion? Uh, well, I was brought up in the Catholic Church, and and I'm sort of like a. You know, I've been to other churches, uh, and uh, I'm thinking okay. about going back to the Catholic Church. Okay. But this is 25 years ago, yeah. and, yeah. and that I don't think that was a concern. Okay. So um, if something happened once in life, and a lot of us have these things where, where one or two things happen that we've always wondered about, if it happened once and it didn't recur, I wouldn't be too concerned about it. Now, the question is, what was it? Was it some subconscious training that you had about verbal command perhaps in all of, all of your military training that you know came back to you and, and it came to your mind in that way don't know could it have been a guardian angel uh, giving you some instruction in that moment I think that's a possibility um, it sounds you know the way we judge these things is by their fruits so first off we have to say well it, it could have just been mundane maybe it was your own mind and it was a high stress moment but if it was spiritual I would look at the fruits of it and it sounds like the fruits of it were the dog that was being you know abused there uh, was safe and there was an intervention and then things shut down mm-hmm. and the other the and so that sounds like a good fruit and the second thing you look for is if it's demonic what you look for is it's always pushing for more interaction. So if it's demonic, they're usually not going to interact once and then just leave you alone for 25 years. They're going to be pushing to interact more and more. So I would be leaning towards it's either your own, it's just your brain, or it was a guardian angel mm-hmm. giving an intervention. What do you think, Deb? Uh, I, that's the first thing that came to mind for me, Mario, is, is, is an encounter with your guardian angel. And given that you, it says you, you you were raised in the Catholic faith and, and you're thinking about possibly coming back into Holy Mother Church. Mario, what I would suggest for you is, is pull, um, go online and type in Psalm 91, which is God's promise of protection to us with the guardian angels and, and meditate on that Psalm and see if it really speaks to you because the way you described, um, this encounter with the calm voice instructing you to just, um, get a little bit more strength and, 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 and that happened. And then there, you know, it, uh, all of the threat ceased. I would say that it, you know, it could definitely be, um, an encounter with your guardian angel. I love the fact, Adam, what you picked up on that it only happened once. It wasn't this constant thing that was happening. So Mario, would you be open to that? Is, is meditating on Psalm 91? 
Oh, yes, yes. I'm going to go to Psalm number, number one uh, as soon as your program is over here. I believe this was an angel. Uh, and I believe this was this was a a a, a, a spiritual being who who was and it was uh, and and I know I've been in situations like that with in firefights with people at close quarters mm-hmm. and the tremendous noise of explosions and machine gun fire and uh, and I know I know I know what happened so so I'm accustomed to that so uh, but mm-hmm. I couldn't I couldn't stop these animals. Until right. this being said something to me, and I responded. Mm-hmm. It's, well, anyway, thank you very yeah. much. Well, and Mario, the reason why I, I share that that I I believe personally, just my humble opinion, um, I studied angels for thirteen years. That when you made the comment about the calm voice, I had a similar situation, not with animals, but with a a, a person. I was at an outdoor ATM machine when I was. Um, a young adult and somebody was about to uh, uh, rob me or do whatever. And the same exact thing happened to me. And I, I just felt it so strongly in my spirit that it was a guardian angel. And it was a very calm voice that just said, turn around and scream in this person's face. And I did. And the, and the, and the man ran off. And, and when you, when you shared your, your situation, I had that same feeling. So I would just encourage you again, and everyone else listening, go to Psalm 91, and you will be so comforted to know that your guardian angel, um, should you choose to uh, be aware and acknowledge your guardian angel, is very active in your life and can also, you know, very much help you, you know, illuminate your mind and strengthen your will and to be a very faithful uh, Catholic Christian, Mario. So that's what we want for you, okay? Thank you very much. You're welcome. God bless you. You probably didn't know that story. I never told you that story, did I, Adam? That would happen to me. No, no. Very yeah, cool. but it. But when when Mario was sharing, it it just all came back, and I thought, wow, that's that's very interesting. So um, I know we're going to hit the pause button again in a little bit. Adrian is right on top of it. He's got he's he's in control of everything, and uh, he'll tell us when to speak and when to stay quiet. Um, and that's wonderful. Uh, we do have one open phone line. I don't know if you'll get in on time, but go ahead, give it a try. You can at least say hi to David. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. And uh, Adam, is there anything you'd like to share? We can start with Kim. Well, would you allow me to just unpack superstition a tiny bit more and then we'll go back Abs- to Kim so absolutely. we can absolutely. get a little more covered. So we mentioned it's a First Commandment violation, but what is it really? Catechism, and here we're going to 2110 through 2117 for people that want to research later. It's directing religious feeling or practices to something other than God. Okay, so you're putting faith or trust in something other than God, or you're doing practices directed towards worshiping that. And this also, and this is an interesting one, Deb, giving magical importance to certain things that are otherwise lawful or necessary. So this might be like, well, if I if I go to Mass this week, I guaranteed will be cured of this cancer. Um, if I go to this particular priest who has a healing ministry, I guaranteed will be healed of things. You know, it's lawful to go to the priest for blessings. It's necessary to go to them for mass, but to attribute some magical importance to it, where we kind of say we're in control of God, and if we do it this certain way, we're going to force God to give us what we want. That's also a form of superstition. 
Okay, and that's in Catechism 2111 where I'm summarizing things. But let's go back to the calls. I'm excited for the next one, Deb. Well, we're actually going to hit the pause button because if we get started with Kim, we're going to we're going to going to have to cut her off a little bit, and I don't like to do that. So, Kim, hang on. You you're up next. You're going to hear the music. I'll do a little bit of housekeeping for our new listeners. We are on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. Thank you so much to all the affiliates that are carrying us. It's we are a live call in show on Saturdays, and and, and uh, we do a once a month mailbag show. So you can always get in touch with us by sending your questions or comments to tsw at grnonline.com. That's the way to send your comments in. And also like us on Facebook. We're trying to grow the Spirit World family there at the Spirit World Podcast. Um, Also, the previous podcasts, you can catch them on grnonline.com slash spiritworld. Okay, I think I did all that fine work so all the production team will be happy about that we're going to hit the pause button when we come back kim will be up next from north carolina stay with us The St. John Leadership Network presents Glance at the Gospel with Father Nathan Cromley. On Palm Sunday, the Church Universal reads the Passion of our Lord. It is our solemn commemoration of our Lord's death on the cross and signals the beginning of Holy Week. Together, we will read the Lord's Passion one more time on Good Friday. This year, we read the Gospel of St. Matthew, which contains the prophecy I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be dispersed. In a real way, this prophecy is the context for the entire passion in Matthew. Matthew portrays the torture and death of the leader as a foreshadowing of the threats that will face those who follow. It is true that suffering is unavoidable and a part of our life. In John chapter 16, our Lord even tells us, in this world, you will have trouble. And as our Lord was mistreated and rejected and put to death, so too his followers will have an uphill struggle as they pursue the course of discipleship. But the beautiful message of this gospel doesn't lie in the fact that it foretells struggle. Rather, it lies in the fact that it assures us of the victory. We who are Christians proclaim to the world that there is something more than death on the cross that there is a dignity in the love in Christ's heart that he carries through the difficulties of the passion and lets shine out in the glory of his resurrection. He is in love with the Father who is in love with him. And the Father does not abandon his Son, but rather raises him up from the dead. And that great hope is in each one of us too. As God was faithful to his own Son, so he will be faithful to us in him. God transforms death and suffering into victory. For more information, go to www.stjohnleadershipnetwork.org. The Spirit World continues with Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly. If you have a question for the show, 
call 877-757-9424 or email tsw at grnonline.com. Someone stop the clock, please. This show goes way too quickly. Okay, we're going to go back to the phones. We do have almost, well, almost full phone lines. So we're going to go quickly now, Adam, because we don't have a lot of time left. We're, I made a note of it, Adam. Uh, we're going to have to revisit sacramentals versus superstitions. Maybe we can cover that again around uh, Halloween time. What do you say? Sound good? Sounds perfect, Deb. Okay, we're going to go to Kim as promised, and Kim is in North Carolina, and she is waiting patiently. Welcome, Kim. Thank you so much. Glad to um, be here, and I'm so happy for the show. Thank you. Thank you so much. So what's what's going on? Uh, Okay, so a little over 20 years ago, my husband started experiencing what we now think is some obsession and oppression. Um, At that time, we came into the church, both of us, um, moved into a very old house. I don't know if those have anything to do with it, but um, the oppression, what we feel like is oppression, is financial. The obsession has been, for over 20 years, my husband has verbally, like out loud, several times a day, said something like very dark um, and usually about his ending his life, which he's not, you know, of that mindset at all. Um, after, after hearing a talk by Adam, actually, um, probably about seven years ago, it made me kind of think, hmm. So I um, looked into you know, or we looked into oppression, obsession, all of this a little bit more. My husband, um, I guess, you know, went ahead and went to a psychologist, a psychologist who sent him to a psychiatrist first and then psychologist, and he's had a you know, medical exam, so we don't think it's any of that. Um, a friend of mine did lead me to a priest that my husband went to see, and the priest did say some prayers over him. He gave him some prayers to stay at home, some you know, salt around our perimeter. And the, the, the saying stopped for a while. Then we got um, slack in our prayer life, and they came back. Just recently, we, um, a friend hooked us up with someone else who seemed to be going through a similar situation, and they gave us basically their recipe, um, which is a lot of prayers. They did a novena with us. The day the novena started, the saying diminished to where almost um, even some days he doesn't say them at all. Um, but the the oppression, again, which is financial, seemed to double down. <laughs> so we're we feel like you know we have a good recipe, hopefully for you know the the verbal sayings. But um, for the for the oppression, we're a little lost on what to do at this point. Okay, all right, Kim. So yeah, that's a little bit of a nuanced, multi-part question, and that's fine. Um, 
Yeah, so it's difficult. Certainly, the first thing we have to say is, you know, if, if he's talking about suicide or, you know, having those kind of impulses, they're coming out verbally, but they're still impulses somehow in his mind. Of course, you know, you want to stay on top of that. So if that's recurring or going on, make sure he's touching base with, you know, his psychiatrist and, and you know, at least here in Pennsylvania, uh, and I think it's universal, if there's if there's a plan or an act in furtherance, and that means, you know, having having a specific thought about how to do that, you definitely need to be taking that person to a hospital. Use your judgment if they're just saying it and they say, you know, I'm not thinking that, I, I have no plan. But you want to, you know, let definitely let the, uh, the medical treatment team know if that's recurring. So that all being said, um, yeah, look at the fruits of it. Uh, if the prayer life made it diminish, that's good. That also could be psychological. Sometimes I have seen people that have increased their prayer life or their, their sacramental life, and the psychological diminishes as a psychological response to that, depending on their worldview. So hopefully um, that's spiritual, but, you know, it, it that also could be a psychological response. Um I would say a spiritual director at that point is the way to go. Mm -hmm. If you can find a priest to be a spiritual director and really spend the time to understand his inner world and where he's at, because I can't diagnose that secondhand from a brief conversation. So Mm -hmm. I'd say a spiritual director on that end. Um, You want to, of course, keep mortal sin out of the home and you need, you know, he needs to be staying away from mortal sin. Mm-hmm. Now, the financial end of things, that's super tricky, and I hear that a lot, where there's unusual financial difficulties, and, and people want attribute that to a curse or, or a demonic problem. And I suppose that's possible, um, but it also could be mundane and just mm-hmm. life goes badly, you know, for Adam. periods of time. Yep. Adam, we're gonna we're gonna run out of time, but before Kim uh, responds, real quickly, Kim, did I did I catch that your home is 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 uh, quite old? Uh, what about did you did you mention about getting the home blessed, Kim? So actually, we're not in that home anymore, and we were brand new Catholics back then. So no, we we never got the home blessed. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we've since moved. Yeah, so I, I would say a spiritual director, and you know. Um, perhaps develop a relationship with St. Joseph in relation to financial uh, matters and because those touch on supporting the family and, and protecting the family financially. I would, I would go to him and, and learn more about Joseph. Very good. Kim, thank you so much. You hear the music. We're going to get ready to wrap up the show. You can always call us again or email us. Thank you so much. Jonathan and Luann and the others, we are so, so sorry. We're not going to get to you uh, this Saturday. You can always call back next Saturday, and we'll put you at the front of the line, or you can always email us at tsw at grnonline.com. Thank you again to all our listeners today. We just love you to pieces. Until next Saturday, have a beautiful and blessed week. We'll see you real soon.